Hello everyone, and welcome to this Nintendo Life episode 131. We are mid-days, well I guess, a couple of weeks still, but it is time almost for the ultimate of the Smash Brothers to come crashing down upon us. I'm joined by fellow um, Smash brother in person, not in person, but through the internet, but he's still a Smash brother. It is Bally. How are you doing, Bally? I am Zed, I'm very good. Uh, we mentioned this before, but did you know it's been five years of podcasting? No, I didn't. Yes. Uh, no, of course it I has did. been. Because uh, you mentioned this to me last time. It was like, oh, by the way, next episode, it will have been five years. And I'm like, that's not real. That's not a thing. That doesn't exist. I don't believe you. And then I looked at the dates. I'm like, oh, shit. It actually has been. But five years feels like nothing you know does that say anything about the state of like life and the way uh, you know time just disappears when you get older i have no idea but it doesn't feel like it's been that long how do you feel about it it's a bit scary that like november 2013 we're just like yeah let's start this start the show and now Uh here we are end of 2018 and it's trucking along that was the year that fire emblem awakening came out that actually is a some long of the time first ago. games we talked about were um, Link Between Worlds. That yes. came out. Th- Mario 3D World. Yes, they, uh, on Wii U, they all came out around then. Uh huh. Um, it was also, I think, the year of Brothers: Tale of Two Sons uh, and Guacamelee, the first one. Uh, both games, which I mentioned in our end of year episode, which I was like, "Hey, Bally, it would be cool if one day you could play these games." And what do you know? And here uh, we are, five years later, and I've played most of that list that you were keen on me trying out. There's still yeah. some I need to do, but I've, I've, I've pretty much I've gotten there. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. I guess it's been five years. I don't know. Should we do five more? Let's uh, let's see if do we can it. keep it up. Somehow we've put out an episode every two weeks and haven't missed one for five years. That is actually kind of staggering to me. Like it's not as impressive as podcasts that do it every week. But I'm not sure we would have kept this up if we had done it every week. No. You know? And hats off to them. But yeah, part of our part of our longevity i think has been the the fortnightly schedule uh yes. definitely gives us more time and space to play more between shows as well which always helps so we have hey more, more we made about. Fortnite cool before epic did that's what i'll say you know um exactly that's, that's what we did so uh anyway i guess thank you for people who've been listening if you have been listening for five years thank you so much for sticking with the show and 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 as we continue onwards through it so yeah it's been good and we'll continue to do so so uh so yeah uh what are we going to be talking about though in today's show ballet uh slightly shorter show uh this week just because we've got some longer shows coming up with game of the year and things so first uh, first uh, first segment we're going to be talking about what we have been playing and then for the second segment we're gonna have a little discussion about uh, the game awards and some of the nominations uh, that have been announced for the, for those. I think it's on the sixth of December, seventh. Yes, the Keeleys—they um, are coming right. around the corner quite fast, which is exciting. Um, and you know, the Keeleys before have had varied. They've had some cool Nintendo stuff there. Sometimes, uh, sometimes they don't impress that well. Sometimes we have great moments, uh, lots of famous moments, like with Joseph Farris last year, um, and then funny. also when. And Kojima was banned by Konami from going to collect his award. So it has had a lot of drama in the past, um, but I think he is touting this year it's going to be the biggest in terms of announcements, which is pretty cool. I was going to cool. add um, watching Breath of the Wild on a second screen. Um, that was yes. something that happened and was yes, weird. Yes, something that happened that you were asleep I, for. I fell asleep. So. <laughs> 
amazing which yeah. is which is great so but, yeah we'll um, we'll wrap up a few thoughts on that in our second segment and then as i mentioned before game of the year is happening it's something very very important to us um we've got all our plans for game of the year to announce and explain at the at the end of the show um, yes there's not really a, not really a change to the format but an no. addition to the format i might i might say yes uh so so yeah that's going to be at the end of the show so stick around to hear about that uh but we're going to kick things off of course with the games we've been playing i know we haven't played a lot of nintendo things recently um but that will change obviously next time with smash brothers hitting um i really want nintendo's eShop sales in europe to be better because otherwise i would be playing dead cells and valkyria chronicles 4 right now but mm. nintendo are like no we're not gonna let you do that and the other thing that really taunts me is the fact that valkyria chronicles 4 is 50 percent off on steam it's down to 25 quid and that steam sale ends in two days and i have to make a decision Bali. i have to make a decision about whether i want to play it now or if i want to wait for some time in the future for it to be discounted on on switch we'll so, get like an american credit card yeah i could do and there's that whole thing actually because you had the issue with yeah, when you got not, okami yeah. and there was like one cent left oh, in your God, account and yeah. you had to like get them to get rid of it and i'm like i don't, i haven't done that still there's still one cent sitting yeah. in my american and i got uh, a account. nasty warning from nintendo of america i think being like don't do this again it's like well mm. this was unavoidable so i don't know what you want me to say yeah i don't know i might look into using one of those like revolut accounts or whatever that you can use like international money and make it easy to do so how is it 2018 and this stuff isn't easy yet it's weird no i mean it's it's getting there we're getting more easy with it but um boy i uh i need to to get some of those played but uh but yeah we have been playing a lot of different things um and uh yeah it's bali do you want to kick us off with some sure. craziness that you dived yeah, into because I, of some black friday deals yeah black friday happened um i i'm not one of those people who's just oh black friday's coming i better buy loads of stuff like I, i'm not i've never traditionally been someone like that i, I know well plan. also because black friday didn't really exist in the uk until like five years ago sure it's quite a new phenomenon exactly so i've always kind of just been like right i want to buy that game and when it goes on sale i'll probably pick it up or if not i'll wait sort of thing and i've always been eyeing up playstation vr since we since i bought a ps4 earlier this year it's always been an idea like well i mean even since gamescom when we yeah, went and tried it for the first I, time i mean i think i was pretty much on board with virtual reality when we tried it at gamescom back in 2015 um or 16 i can't even remember 16 it was 16 right so i we and we tried psvr we also tried the vibe there and i was pretty much keen like at some point i want to experience more virtual reality and probably that'll be through playstation vr because it is the cheapest and i got a great deal to pick it up for 180 quid and that included uh the camera and psvr worlds and as well as the best game on um psvr a lot of people say and from what i've played i agree is astrobot so that was all did everyone going crazy about astrobot push you over the edge or was it the price i think the fact that the price rolled in astrobot and that it wasn't going to be this extra 40 quid i'd have to spend definitely probably pushed me over the edge and 180 quid when how much was psvr when it came out i want to say it was up at something crazy like 350 or is that maybe too high? yeah it, it, was, it was i remember thinking at one point well i don't own a ps4 or playstation vr so if i wanted all of it it'd probably cost me about 700 quid and that was about two years ago when it came out i think i did that maths in my head and i was like well that's just 
there's not and that's before a world of astrobot like that was a time where there was very few games or very few good games i guess it's fair to say on the system and i was yeah. kind of like oh this isn't a, a good deal whatsoever yeah. but now it just it feels like it's hitting a sweet spot where a game like astrobot comes out there's a few other great games um and that combined with the price cut it just and i know that there's a lot of people who have on twitter and stuff who has, who have jumped on this sale and who have been waiting for virtual reality to you know experience it and now it feels is a pretty good time so i mean it, my system came with PS, psvr worlds i came with astrobot i also picked up on uh, online some cheap sales with black friday i got eagle flight uh, as well as Batman Arkham VR. And when when I was like getting all this VR stuff and getting really hyped, I was like, oh, but I've not got move controllers. And and then Caroline was like, well, I think it would be really good if I brought you some of those for Christmas. So she was like, yeah, well, that's your early Christmas <laughs> present right there. So she was like, here we go, move controllers. So I've actually not even tried those yet, uh, tried those out yet, but that'll be what I'll need to play for like Batman. And I, I know that Super Hot's on P- PSVR, yes. which would be a great way of experiencing that. So, yeah, um, and also it comes with, um, uh, what's it called? The Play VR Playroom, which is sort of like the Astrobot-themed minigames, uh, which are, I've kind of dabbled in, but not really gone deep on yet. And I'm incredibly pressed, impressed so far. I think that setup is... It's more complicated than a regular ver- a game How system. How many goddamn wires do you have to trip over right now? Right. There's a lot of HDMI cables that go in and out between the system, as I should say, the headset, and you're given... There's an extra box that requires its own power source that is basically right, it's like the a breaker box power. that you have sure. to go through, and then that right. goes through to the TV and the right. PlayStation, and then so back the num- again. Yeah, so there's a the camera plugs into the to the playstation and then there's another hdmi that goes from the playstation to the box and then there's hdmi that goes from the box into the headset uh but ultimately it it runs back through the hdmi of the ps4 that it was originally plugged into and this is the second wave of um psvr like i think it changed slightly from the first model this new model is like slightly easier to set up yeah, i believe it's i mean it's basically the same they just changed an hdmi pass-through thing which enabled previously you basically couldn't have hdr running if you had a 4k tv and they basically fixed it so that now you yeah. can do that so yeah i mean i actually there's so many instructions and things that come with it that i actually found it quite hard to even find the instruction book that i needed to the point where i was just i'm just gonna watch an ign video and there's like three <laughs> ign video just made it clear and simple. Hey man, there's it. value in those videos instruction videos online will make you money right loads of people have no idea what yeah doing. so and then once i set it all up there is a pretty well laid out instruction booklet that was right at the bottom that i just missed mm-hmm. but but there you go um i think that the headset itself feels incredibly comfortable i think compared to others say that it's more comfortable than the vive and the oculus uh, i would say that it is easier to just slip onto and and have for probably a longer period of time having experienced vive and this vive is definitely like a strap in like on your face you'll leave a mark on it kind of experience right Um, right whereas whereas this is less so and it's because it's positioned so it sits more neatly on on your head yeah the pressure points aren't really on the sides of your eyes like goggles or anything the pressure points are kind of your i don't know if you're your sinuses your forehead how do you explain temples that? So maybe like I temple, don't know. the sort of bit between your eyebrows i guess uh, as well as like the back of your head so 
I like it. I like it quite tight because when I'm playing a game like Eagle Flight or even um, Astro Bot, I like to. Sh- it's nice to shake your head around for certain things you have to do in those games. So the tighter, the better, and it means that like the headset keeps focus. So like initially when you put on PSVR, it's very easy for it to be blurry and not focused, and you're like, wow, this is blurry. I need to find that sweet spot but once it's a knack like once you get used to finding that sweet spot and i've got my way of finding it and then i tighten it and it feels good so after about maybe half an hour i would say my head does start to ache a bit at the back but that's just because of my personal preference on how tight the band is but i could for example play with it looser but then the actual experience of flying an eagle flight or astrobot moving your head around i feel like i'd lose focus a lot more so it's kind of like a finding a happy medium between how good do you want the gaming experience to be versus comfort? And there, that is a bit of a balance that I find for my personal head shape is um, a bit of a balancing act at times. Uh, but I mean, I'm not really feeling inclined to play it for more than like half an hour, 45 minutes at the moment. The idea of sitting in that thing for one to two hours feels a little bit too much for me at the moment. I need to kind of get used to it and... Yeah, I, I, one thing I was really concerned with, um, this was something that happened when we tried that Batman Arkham VR way back at Gamescom, is like the white light that just all come up from like underneath your cheeks. And I was concerned that like I could see the world around me just if I looked down. And I was like, how do you stop that? But it's actually really easy to do with PSVR. You just, if you put your hands by your cheeks and then force your fingers up into the rubber panel... And then just pull down the rubber panel so that it sort of flops down onto your cheeks. It just seals. It just seals perfectly with your cheeks, and then it stops all light getting in. And it's actually yeah really easy mm. to do and work. It feels comfortable, works really well, um, and cuts out anything completely. Uh, so you're just completely absorbed in in the dark. Completely absorbed. I would gas, say the game. And I'm trying to remember what Vive felt like versus PSVR, and I'd say it was slightly... Vive was very much strapped on because it was the goggliness. Right, of it. but I mean um... in terms of space. So, like, you with PS- PSVR, you can see black bars at the side. Like, it's okay. not... You're, you're not getting close enough where it's it's so immersive to the point where you can't... If you look with your eyes left and right, you can... You're not completely immersed. You can actually see, like, a black... Mm wall and that's essentially right. the end that's the goggles like the end okay. of the goggles so yeah, yeah yeah i do think vive might have been better at that where the screen is closer and wider and that just makes a difference in that sense so like there is room for improvement this isn't it's not perfect um resolution this is a big a big part so the vive obviously when we tried it was just so crisp and so incredible and it was rendering like a fairly simple game. Not yeah, it was very simple, small and, and easy. Yeah, it when we tried it, and much. we were walked away from that thinking, my God, this is crisp and incredible. And I think certainly for the downside of Batman when we tried it is that it, it was very grainy, very the resolution wasn't great. Yeah, the first thing I thought when I put that thing on my head was like, wow, this is blurry. Like, yeah. this, is not, <laughs> this is not very good. And I mean, there's a chance that one of us might not have found the sweet spot there because there is a, a sweet spot in terms of focus but on top of that there is a graininess so, and the two can overlap to a degree so it is important that you do find that sweet spot because but on top of that there is a graininess and you have to be aware of it and i've found that in a game like vr worlds where it's trying to do a lot of photorealism with like the luge for example or like there's a, a simulator that kind of takes you underwater like a shark encounter which is pretty cool yeah 
Um, I found that the graininess stands out a lot more because it's trying to go for that photorealism and right. it doesn't really match up perfectly. It just kind of... have I like mean, a distinct art style to it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you notice the graininess for all of maybe the first 30 seconds and then you do feel immersed and that's a feeling that feels good and is great. But then you compare it to games like Eagle Flight and Astrobot. That both Eagle Flight has its own art style. It's not going for overly realistic photorealism. It's got a slightly muted art style. Astrobot is obviously incredibly cartoony art style. And I found that resolution-wise on both those games, it just you forgot about it far faster because it just, right. it just worked. It just it felt right, and it wasn't it's when psvr is trying to chase that realism that i just think something like the vive will absolutely hammer it on it's not at its best it's at its best when it's doing its own art style and obviously the advantage is that it's comfortable and it's a hell of a lot cheaper and it needs to kind of go for those two selling points i guess a lot more yeah absolutely that that makes a lot of sense um how how has it been then playing those games eagle flight and astro so i've sort of dabbled in eagle flight astrobot a bit of vr world a tiny bit of the playroom i am really impressed so eagle flight i'll i'll tell, talk more in depth about these when i do beat them and talk about them later but eagle flight is you control the eagle using your head it's first person as playing as an eagle and you can actually like see your beak like it's looking like you're at looking out the eyes of an eagle oh and i see okay f- and you're flying over post-apocalyptic paris so and it's post-apocalyptic in the sense that it's been taken over by jungle and animals it's not like there's zombies walking around or anything it's it's, it's a nice place to be right. and it's so relaxing so soothing there's like this I should also mention that like I've got a great set of Bose over ear noise cancelling headphones that I did not think would fit over the headset and it does miraculously. I don't know how, but it just works and I've been playing a bit with that which is just completely immersive, especially on a game like Eagle Flight where surround sound and hearing the swooping and that flight um is just magnified massively. It feels incredible. Yeah. Um flying feels great like you twist your neck in a specific way to turn and it's, it's a, it is actually a twist of the neck rather than just a look to the left for example look to the left will give you a slow left a tilt of your neck left will do a fast turn and you're kind of ducking and diving and yeah it feels incredible and i should say caroline tried out psvr and she gets very bad motion sickness quite easily mm-hmm. she can't even if you just spin a fidget spinner in front of caroline she'll be she'll want to sit out for the next you know she does she's not keen on like moving objects in front of her and that sort of thing yeah and, she, and you thought i was bad with motion right sickness, she's like, yeah, she's pretty level. bad um and she used to live in paris so she was really keen to to give a bit of eagle flight a go and four minutes in she was like this look this looks amazing but i'm gonna have to stop now and then she like needed to lie down for a good hour like so i would say that yeah, there's always going to be some people, and I am interested to see how you'd handle this. I feel like just... I am going to be one of those people with Eagle Flight who will want to vomit. Because sure. the idea that you are moving forward while your body is stationary is not something my brain can deal with. Um, that's right. the kind of thing that will set off my motion sickness very, very, very badly. Because there's no sense of my body moving while I'm like flying through the air. Um, and when first person games do like that and they move at a certain speed, that affects me quite a bit. So right. when you're immersed in it and you are actually the eagle flying around, I don't think 
uh, it's going to work for me. But you know, right. see. So yeah, I mean, Eagle Flight feels great. I'm, I'm personally, I'm, I'm just, also I'm is just... is that game like? Does it have a single player campaign to it? Because all I yeah. remember about it is like seeing stuff at E3 where there was like races and you it was like multiplayer online racing against. It's people. like yeah, so. so it's free flight it's a bit like pilot wings i compare it to where oh, okay. it's, it's free flight but then the, the pilot wings is definitely more in depth so so in this game the missions basically consist of get through the gates in this in, as fast as possible collect all these things as fast as possible and it's not really it doesn't really go beyond that but some of the routes that it, it goes to with the racing and the time trials feel incredible and it doesn't it's a very i think it's only like a three-hour campaign or something like it, it's not the most in-depth game and it's, it's very like ubisoft i should say and it's got a degree of polish that i am really enjoying and like it i do think it, it, it is a very very good game it's not got any like landing stuff or that kind of mission that i guess a game like pilot wings had but it's got right you are flying around paris and so that it's more of like enough. a free form like chill experience it's, it's chill like yeah and you can dip dip into missions and dip out of them whenever you like like there's an overworld that you're flying around and right and you fly to a point in the map of the mission you want to start and then you start the mission and it's like yeah and yeah it's about three hours worth of missions i believe and yeah it's cool. it's great so far uh astrobot i mean i've there's an astrobot level inside uh the playroom which i played first and I was like, oh my god, I'm glad I own Astrobot because this is mm. incredible. And then I've only played the first mission uh, of Astrobot Disc itself. And that's the best experience in VR I've had. I've not had many experiences, but that's the best experience I've had yet. It's. I think people can get sick of listening to podcasters who have played VR being very evangelical about it. And sorry if I am coming across as one of those, mm-hmm. but... I don't think those can, and I wasn't I wasn't a gamer in the generation that played Super Mario 64 for the first time. So for me to just say, oh yeah, it's like Super Mario 64, it would be a lie because I'd never experienced yeah. that. Oh my God, Super Mario 64 has changed gaming. Right, we kind of grew up knowing those games existed and right. like were, you know, at that time as they were happening almost. Exactly. So, so super mario 64 aside and having experienced plenty of 3d platformers i do think that this for me personally is a bit of a super mario 64 moment in the sense that it has revolutionized how i envisage what 3d platformers can be and what they can become and that i like i should say that astrobot like the theming so far it just oozes japan and nintendo in a way that i i didn't really realize this game had and it kind of i know that there have been some very negative interviews with i think it was reggie about vr and what nintendo's thoughts and plans are vr wise but i do honestly think that they are shooting themselves in the foot if they don't at least experiment with vr at some point in the future and of course they'll they'll be last of the party like they are with all these things but i do totally this does feel like the future especially when you're looking at it through from a 3d platforming perspective and astrobot is looking good and i really look forward to play i think it's about a six hour campaign that i'll hopefully beat for next time but i've it's i'm happy (laughs) yeah I, I mean, like, the the thing that really gets me about Astrobot is everyone who plays it in VR goes crazy about it. But I, I haven't really understood 
their vocalizations of what makes it so good because to me having just watched the quick look which obviously is not in vr it's you know just on a youtube video and i can see it's kind of blurry like it's a playstation vr game and you're just this little bot who's just jumping around levels that don't look super intelligently designed they seem like i sorry to compare it but like super lucky's tale which was that xbox game that uh, was actually it was an oculus game originally um there was a 3d platformer that you ran around with a stupid squirrel guy and then xbox changed it and they got it like an exclusive for it which was like a non-vr version it kind of just looks like you're collecting coins and jumping on things and like there's some perspective stuff but looking from the outside in it doesn't seem revolutionary in terms of its level design and, and it- game design so I think I, I agree. I, I, I don't, don't know think... how you can convince me, but it's, I, I, there must be something about being in VR that changes about it. You know? Yeah, I think that the, the fact that you can see your controller and your controller is essentially augmented reality inside virtual reality, if that in a funny way, where okay. you're replicating a physical thing in the game that you're holding. Right. Okay. Um, and the way that that interacts with the world around around you. Like as I said, I've only played like one or two levels, but it's that interactivity combined with taking take a take 3D land on 3DS when it came out yes. and the way that you you can visualize platforms in a three-dimensional mm. space imagine that turned up to 11 and beyond like that, that's, that's a good comparison actually because right, 3D the, land is like that yeah. version and I, of I knew it that was a comparison has, that would yeah. work for you but that's that's the best i can essentially vocalize what right. it feels like to look at platforms and and i imagine it goes beyond that right because the the depth available through vr is stronger than you could do on a 3ds yeah absolutely and for those who haven't experienced 3d 3d on a 3ds i think it will be more impactful likewise i do have to admit that i think this game will be will be far more impactful to people like me who haven't played much vr and that there will be plenty of people who have played a lot of vr who play a game like astrobot and they're like well this is cool but it's not revolutionary so maybe i am over egging it more than most people because of the fact that like i am new to the vr uh, although we did test out years ago but i'm new to owning vr i guess so yeah i and i've i'm i'm not jumping to i don't want to jump to conclusions with my thoughts on the game because i do want to play the game first but just from initial first two levels and that impact i am unbelievably impressed so far Hmm. okay definitely want you to give it a go Great. Well, anyway, your transformation is complete now. We're going to change the name of the show to The Sony Life because... Uh, right. you know, <laughs> and and I have been playing Red Dead 2 and Into the Breach. They're trucking along and I'd like to play mo- more of both of those before the end of the year. Yeah, great. Uh, okay, well, then I've been playing a couple of games uh, that I think will probably end up coming to Switch. It ends up like every single game comes to Switch, but these are two that I think would fit particularly well on the platform um so the first one is titan souls which is a top-down kind of 2d mix between to some degree zelda um but also shadow of the colossus and i guess it's called titan souls so it has some sort of dark soulsy influence and to some degree you know a lot of people say that dark souls is a zelda game as well so you know genres have blended and mixed in the past so we're kind of at that point where everything is everything uh but this came out quite a few years ago on PC, uh, and it's it's one of those games that I think Nintendo fans would enjoy um, because it is basically a boss battle game. Uh, and the idea is that you're in this very empty, open, 
world and and there's like fields and and landscapes and things like that but there's not really much to do in it so that's where the shadow of the colossus comparison comes in but also obviously because it is just boss battles and that's what that game is as well uh and the base mechanic is you're this little dude and you have a bow and arrow and you can shoot your bow and arrow and you can also recall your arrow so similar to hollow knight when you're standing still to heal yourself when you're standing still in this game, you can recall it, and you can't move while you're recalling is it. Quite it. God of Warish, <laughs> not really, because God of War is very automatic in that sense. The axe just like kind of comes back, and you can right, move you have around to work while to get you your do arrow it. Back. Okay. Right, but it is it, in the sense it's a good comparison because there are moments in God of War where you recall your axe, and it will go through an enemy on the way back to you, mm. so you can damage an enemy from behind, and that's actually something in this game that works pretty core to the mechanics because when you're calling the arrow back if it goes through an enemy it will damage them um and and hit them um but the the premise is is that every boss that you fight against and they're all kind of in these boss rooms that you you explore and you find as you go through the world um can be killed in one hit or at least they have a a weakness a, a point that you need to hit to to kill them but also you die in one hit so you don't have a health bar there's no lives or anything you just die if you get hit by anything and Every single boss in this game can be probably beaten within 10 seconds, if you know what you're doing. But the core of it is finding out their patterns, learning what they do, and finding that tiny little opening to when you can actually take them down and and use your bow and arrow to do so. So one of the first bosses you fight is this giant blob, and every time you hit it, it splits into two, uh, which is a thing, you know, a lot of video games have done in the past. Uh, But the idea is that when you're trying to recall your arrow sometimes if it goes through the boss then it will accidentally split it again and sometimes that's not what you want because the core of it is like this brain in the center and so the idea is you don't want to uh split it down too many times because as soon as it gets split down there's more real estate being taken up by lots of little blobs floating around but also they're a lot faster so they run after you so the idea is you want to basically get it so that the brain is out of the the goo and then just kill the brain itself so the boss itself yes takes one hit but you're going to have to do a lot more hits than that to get to its weak point essentially um so it's maybe a bit disingenuous to say they all die in one hit but there are bosses that you can do very very quickly in that sense there's one which is a giant cube that rolls across the ground on an almost like chessboard thing and it will roll a certain number of times and then wherever direction the eye is pointing the eye will blast out a laser beam uh, and so you need to make sure you're not getting stomped by it as it rolls around and make sure that the laser beam doesn't hit you either so you really are having to predict where it's going to stop have your arrow ready and fire it in that little millisecond before it moves on again um, and and after it has blasted uh, the laser from its eye so so that is a really cool thing that the game does is it it makes it so that everything can be executed very quickly and if you're very good at the game this seems like a speedrunner's dream right because if you know what you're doing you can literally just take down every boss so so fast um and it seems like there are some very cool tactics that you could use um and one boss in particular uses that reverse arrow idea that you have to like stand still and pull it towards you uh because you can't damage it from its front and so it's like this giant mask that rotates around the room and it fires a bunch of energy bolts at you and every time you try and hit it it doesn't do anything so what you need to do is you need to fire your arrow into a corner wait until the mask is like right in front of it and pull your arrow back so it can hit the back of the the 
mask before it's able to do anything to you um, and you can't really get around it easily so you kind of have to do that in order to take it out um, so using those mechanics um, in smart ways and making it quite flexible is, is something that i like of course in games a, a lot of games that i enjoy when you have that one thing that does multiple things is fantastic and, and so this game does that pretty well um it has a good variety of bosses and i think that the world in its emptiness is is kind of barren it doesn't really evoke a whole lot it's it's not super interesting in terms of design but it is all about kind of giving you time to think between these fights uh, and every time you die you don't instantly respawn by the boss you respawn kind of a little bit away from it so it may take you 20 30 seconds to get back in that room which can be annoying maybe if you just want to keep going at it but it does give you that time to think and be like okay i need to make sure i'm doing this this time and make sure it is exactly the way i want it to be um and each boss doesn't have that many patterns to them so it, it doesn't take too long to master and the game itself is pretty short it only took me around three hours to beat um but one of my favorite bosses was one where it's this giant plant and it has these four spiked arms that rotate around and it just keeps rotating and they go in the air so you can run under them and they slam to the ground and when they slam to the ground you need to use your arrow to slice through them and it will cut off, cut off part of the arm so uh, depending on the specific area that your arrow is aimed towards it will cut off, cut off that amount of it but the thing is the spikes will remain on the ground so you can't like run past them because you'll just fall onto them and die so you have to be tactical about where you're cutting them off so you give yourself room to run around the kind of circular arena um but also you want to get rid of them because it makes it so much easier for you to hit the central eye and then open up the weak point so it's one of those where it's like there's multiple steps to it ultimately there is one weak point in the center so like zelda it is in that sense it's because like a top down like zelda right yeah to, to, to zelda, some degree because say. but the only weapon you have is this bow and arrow right so it's, it's very limited in that sense um but it is about solving the puzzle of the boss. What is it that you need to do? And the execution is actually a lot more difficult because there's this one other boss that is like a water snake and it like comes up from the water and then goes back down and its weak point is its tail. So you need to get that exact moment where the tail is at your height level and because it's a top-down 2d game it's kind of hard to judge because it's like coming out of the screen and then going back down um and so that is one of those that i kind of got lucky on i was like oh i did it pretty fast instead of like going through all the motions because i just did it a bit early and and that can take some of the sting out of it because it's like oh if you get lucky you can like maybe take out one of these bosses without having to be that competent at it or learn it properly um but that didn't happen too often to me and and i think that overall it has a good variety of those it gets very tough towards the end and the last boss in particular i had to look up a speed run tactic on how to do it because the timing window was so difficult um but it works and i managed to use that in order to finish it which was funny uh but but yeah i think that it's definitely one of those games that is very short very easy to to just roll on through and is pretty satisfying when you figure out a lot of the the patterns and uh, and finally get that final hit in uh so so yeah titan souls it's cool i would I'd recommend people check it out. Uh, and then the next one is Donut County, which is a game that came out this year and was on sale on Steam. So I picked it up because I'd heard a lot of chatter about it. Um, Might come uh, to Switch as well. It, I think it's a good candidate to come to Switch. Uh, it's already on iOS uh, because it works perfectly with touchscreens. Um, 
but the idea of this game uh, is by Ben Esposito, who um, I can't remember what he's worked on before, but he's worked for some some other indie studios, I think. Uh, and he was on the Giant Bombcast, uh, Beastcast, and stuff like that. And I I heard a lot about this game leading up to launch because of you know um, he's kind of well known in the indie sphere, as it were. And the idea is that you control a hole in the ground and things fall down that hole uh the setup is that you're like this girl who's friends with a raccoon and you live in this town and in this town there's a donut shop and they work at the donut shop and every time someone orders a donut through this app a hole appears instead of a donut um and i can't remember (laughs) it's a very weird setup but anyway this hole appears in the ground and essentially the whole story is told from uh the aftermath after like the entire town has been sucked underground and you're going around all the different citizens and they're telling you about when they ordered the donut and what happened to their situation so it will like it'll do the little story bit and then i'll zoom up to the level and the level is you just taking everything into your hole so it's like katamari in reverse where instead of like rolling everything up into one giant ball you're sucking everything down and your hole is just getting larger and larger um (laughs) and it's very simple but very satisfying it has a gorgeous like pastely art style to it and the physics work so so well it it feels like when you're rolling over objects and like cactuses are falling down and you're getting boxes and just even like little tiny pieces of grass like there are a lot of tiny little details that you can you know uh, dismantle and and fall down the hole which you wouldn't think of you'd think usually in other games there'd be like background elements but one of the first levels you do there's like tiny little bits of grass that fall down there little um kind of stone panels that you would use uh, as like foot walks and stuff like that that just roll down and and like long pieces of wood and all this stuff feels very satisfying to do and you can control it all with just the mouse and that's what i use i just sat there with my mouse just going around i could have used the controller and used the um uh, the stick but the mouse felt quite natural uh, and and quite easy to use so i was able to, to kind of go through it with that and there's no fail state there's nothing along those lines and every time you get something down there it just gets larger and larger and eventually it like zooms out and you're just downing whole houses at once and um it's it's just very satisfying there's a certain sense of you know cleaning up is one of those things that i think human beings innately want to do but also a lot of us are too lazy to do so i don't know i think that people (laughs) like things being clean but a lot of people are too lazy to make things clean and so this is kind of a hole that everything could fall in right exactly this is kind of like a video game fantasy of just like making something clean and getting rid of things so deep message to this game yeah exactly uh it's it's hilarious because every time you finish a level um you see the character whose house and life you've just destroyed uh like tumbling down this hole and it starts playing this like really pumping music and like experience points go up um and then you have this thing called the trashopedia which is where they have descriptions of literally everything that's fallen down the hole um and they're very funny just like one lightness about all this stupid stuff that you are um like collecting uh and yeah i don't know it's it's just one of those little touches that that adds to the the world of the game and its its style and things like that um which is which is very very cool and it doesn't necessarily get that complicated um I remember like Jeff Bacalar talking about how his son really fell in love with this game because it is so simple uh, and it's very, very um, easy to pick up and play and understand. Uh, But it does have a light element of puzzle solving to it. One of the first things that you figure out how to do is 
getting fire or water into your hole and using those elements to solve different things so there's like a puddle where there's a duck in it and you have to get the duck out of the puddle so you go over there you suck up the water and then your hole moves around with water still in it Um, and there's another bird in the level that will drink the water for you so you like take that go over to the bird that drinks the water and then you can take the duck down the hole so it's like rescuing stuff from um, bodies of water it's using fire to interact with different elements so you get the fire and there's this hot air balloon and the hot air balloon is like tied down to the house and so you basically have to take the fire put it underneath the hot air balloon which will then obviously cause it to rise and it breaks the ropes and then the hot air balloon just like floats off into the distance Um, and then it gets a bit more complicated where you have fireworks and if you get a firework into your hole when you have fire inside it will set a timer and then you have to move the hole underneath a certain place or or object in order to fire up the firework and then dislodge it or or move it or something along those lines and and it becomes a bit more um complicated later as well where you get a catapult and then you can throw the last object that you suck down upwards to hit things uh, and, and make them come down as well so there are deeper elements to it but it is really just a very chilled game i played it in one evening it's only a couple of hours long um and it's got such a nice like vibe to it i just love the way it looks it's it's so engaging and 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 funny and just has a a sense of um just smoothness about it from the controls to the way everything interacts uh, and all the different systems it's um it's a very charming game charming is the optimal word here and i will not be afraid to use it because it applies very very aptly um so so yeah i would I recommend people check it out and I, I do think that it should come to switch i think both of these should honestly because they feel like perfect fits for the platform obviously the touchscreen controls on ios could translate very nicely you could even throw in some motion controls because nintendo god only knows want to shove that into every indie game possible <laughs> so that they have some new thing to tout about it when it comes to their platform um and obviously titan souls being a zelda shadow of the colossus like is going to be one of those games that nintendo fans would enjoy too so yes we didn't talk about nintendo games on this what we've been playing segment but i think that you know you have some some ideas there for some games you could be interested in uh, that hopefully will come to the platform pretty soon um so there you go uh, all right well that is pretty much going to wrap us up for this segment but don't go anywhere we'll go come back to you after the break and give you some chat about the game awards and what we think is going to happen so don't go anywhere we'll be right back Alright everyone, welcome back to the show for the second half, uh, in which we are going to be discussing everyone's most wonderful time of the year. It is Game of the Year, uh, and it means that the Game Awards are happening. There's no PSX this year though, so uh, no Sony announcements, and obviously there was that news that Sony pulling out of E3 2019. Who knows what's going on with Sony, uh, but... 
in any case, we are going to be talking about a lot of announcements that are going to be happening and um, awards that are going to be given out because uh, the Game of the Year stuff in Game Awards is usually balanced between those two things. Um, and before we start, I just want to talk maybe about what we imagine Nintendo is going to be doing at the Game Awards 2018. Are they going to give Keeley a hot exclusive? Are we going to get some footage of say animal crossing there is there going to be a metroid prime 4 thing what what do you think bally they're going to do because last year nintendo's big deal was yo we're remastering bayonetta 1 and 2 for switch also by the way motherfuckers bayonetta 3 drop the mic uh which was very very cool and i wonder if they return with bayonetta 3 since it's been a year now and they may have more to say on that front um or if it's something else what do you feel they're going to be showing yeah i think there's a strong chance that we might see just a bit more info on either luigi's mansion 2 or animal crossing three you mean three sorry yes or animal crossing um i think that I mean, Metroid Prime 4 would be an absolute showstopper if they do have anything to show on that. But I think that if yeah. they did have anything to show, they'd be insane to show outside of E3. So I don't know, man. Like, Game Awards, they showed the first playable footage of Zelda, really. It was weird it way was to weird show and, it, but Yeah, they that did. was weird. Very weird. Um, yeah, it could be anything. I think a safer bet is something that's already announced that we've not seen a ton of. And I guess Metroid Prime 4 yeah. comes under that, but... I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, their their E3 wasn't major uh, because they focused all their energy on Smash Brothers. Smash Brothers is going to basically be out by the time the Game Awards happens, could, so could I don't know if they're going to be pushing it. But... The first DLC character of Smash Brothers. That could be a thing, yeah. I don't know if, if that's what they want to do. That'd because be a good the game... way of promoting their hottest game of the holiday season and at the same yeah. time luring in DLC for those who are already going to get the game like us. Right, yeah, like get people pre-order that dlc as soon as possible that's definitely a thing they could do uh i don't know more dlc for other games um i really want to see what monolith soft is working on obviously and you know i loved uh, xenoblade 2 and torna and that team works pretty quickly uh and i don't know if it's fast enough to show something already when they've just shipped torna but what about retro what about retro yeah exactly what about motherfucking retro i mean like (laughs) If we take the idea that Bayonetta 3 was a new game announcement last year, Nintendo have done new game announcements at the Game Awards previously, that could be possible. It's just a question of what stage it's most appropriate for. Is it the Star Fox Grand Prix thing that everyone was chatting about before E3? Is it something completely different? Who knows? So, so yeah, I think Retro is definitely a good shout. I think likely... I don't know. I feel like Metro Prime 4 is weirdly likely, and I don't know why I say that, but yeah i mm, maybe i'm just getting caught up in in your way of thinking because <laughs> before i was like it's gonna be metroid Prime, yeah well like happened. previously i was definitely like no no way they're not showing this this game is hardly even done like they didn't even find a development team for it but it feels like a teaser could be possible and i know that did a quote-unquote teaser but that was literally nothing that's like fluff a it's logo. a fucking logo which isn't even a new logo it's just taking the old goddamn logo which is all we've had for animal crossing yeah um yeah exactly animal crossing was like nothing uh, either so so yeah there will be a tease of some sort i imagine um because nintendo it seems like they have a good relationship with keely and obviously reggie mm. and has banter back and forth but i hope that they i think cool it'll like be that. more details on a game we already know of i'm gonna say yeah that, which is, okay i know is leaving the, the goal wide open for me but right but that's a go. safer bet i would say overall yeah. 
um and probably more likely to happen um great and and i don't know what other announcements there are going to be i'm sure there'll be a whole bunch of things talked about and healy will be like we have 93 world exclusives and it's like this fucking skin for Fortnite is not a world exclusive FIFA 20 <laughs> yeah jesus um <laughs> Yeah, but I'm looking forward to it. It's always a, a good show to watch. It's always, um, you know, prone to hilarity. Uh, You're going to stay up? I don't think I will be able to. Yeah, uh, I think it's going to be too late, and I'm going to have to wait until the next day to watch it. But that's the way it's going to go, um, and hopefully try and stay as spoiler-free as possible, uh, which is challenging, but I think I can I can definitely do it. Uh, so, so let's then... We're going to basically be predicting uh, what we think uh, is going to win in the Game Awards, uh, judging by... I guess all the voting uh, jury are up on the website, and there's a lot of international uh, there as well, but a lot of it is like US publications, UK publications, which I think I have a good grasp on generally, like the consensus uh, around a lot of different uh, game outlets. So I think I can do a, a decent job of predicting. I think there's only two from Japan or something, so. Right, yeah. Not, not much. But maybe like the uh, wider international vote will outweigh what i think is more of a consensus vote right. for like say the us or uk publications so yeah it's hard to judge on certain things but uh but we we shall see uh we're gonna kick things off with best action game nominees are call of duty black ops 4 dead cells destiny 2 forsaken far cry 5 and Mega Man 11 what even um, is an action game <laughs> an action game bally is where you you fight things maybe with a gun maybe not who knows this is it defines it defines it here as for the best game in the action genre focused on combat i guess combat focused but like is far cry 5 a combat focused game not really it's like an open world exploration also you shoot guns kind of game with some like weird physicsy and like systems like i guess Mega Man 11 is a platformer and an action it's like an action platformer it's yeah John, hey guess what genres are dumb these days because everything is everything like call of duty is an rpg for god's sake i feel like almost everyone can agree that genres are dumb that's why it does it is surprising that there are genre based awards for that i don't know it, it feels like some genres are very rooted like hey sports is a thing hey yeah uh, rpgs like japanese Drivers. rpgs yeah. are a thing um yeah racing games obviously so so i don't know i for this list, honestly, looking at them and thinking about uh, critics, I think that Dead Cells actually has a very good shot yeah. of just winning this category. Because I think Call of Duty Black Ops 4 has been well-received. I don't know if people are blown away by it, but I think people really like it. Far Cry 5, I forgot even existed. Destiny, like Destiny 2, 2. They do, but like, how many people are still playing Destiny 2, know. considering the state of that community? And Mega Man 11, like, it got pretty mixed reviews. So I'm going to say Dead Cells. Um, what do you yeah, think, Yeah, I'd go for Dead Cells. I think Destiny 2's close second runner. I, yeah, I agree. I don't think Mega Man quite made it with the reviews to get anywhere near winning this, I think. Yeah. Um, it would be cool, but I, I think Dead Cells is probably not only the best game on there judging by critical consensus but also the one that i think will probably win uh next up we have uh best action slash adventure game um basically here's the sony uh, third person games behind the back camera you do things Uh, with a story often i guess with a story yes Uh, assassin's creed odyssey god of war marvel spider-man red dead redemption 2 and shadow of the tomb raider this is a category i can get behind these are games i like playing you know this is my style this is Um, good good these games were the reason i bought a ps4 kind of game yes they're like that's what i want yes uh 
so this comes into like will they give the award to a different thing because they're mm. going to give the game of the year award to another thing because three of these games are nominated for game of the year which they have traditionally i believe they do tra- try yeah. to kind of share it around a bit there are i think there were a few breath of the wild definitely won at least three awards or something last year yeah including this category i actually believe but um right so yeah it is possible to get duplicates but where possible it does feel like there's a tendency to try and share share the 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 glory yeah i i think in terms of action adventure and really capturing that so a game combining combat with traverse traversal and puzzle solving i mean like I think God of War embodies that better than all the other games Some, on this most list. Most of these games don't even have any puzzle solving. No, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, but you know, it's it's one of those kind of. I guess it's based on Zelda almost. That that's the the core. Ah, it's hard. I I think I'm gonna say God of War, even though potentially Spider Man or Red Dead could take it. I I think in terms of best act, when I think action adventure, I think God of War is actually embodies that very very well so I, I'm gonna yeah say i think that i'm gonna i think that the the i guess the second place of game of the year will likely win this category and right I, so I it depends on what you think yeah game of the year and is we'll get be. to game of the year later but i think it'll be second place so i think it's between god of war spider-man and red dead but okay i'm not gonna not, not gonna, gonna plant your not gonna, flag in the sand okay not gonna put my flag down now because that will reveal game of the year predictions i guess okay uh so then we have best role-playing game uh so we have dragon quest 11 monster hunter world nino kuni 2 octopath traveler and pillars of eternity 2 deadfire i just want to say is like a tough one nino kuni 2 got like skirted over massively it felt like earlier this year or unless i missed it but it felt like not many people played it or talked about it or those that did didn't have a great ton to say on it am i yeah i heard quite a lot of chatter about nino kuni 2 but i forgot it happened and also i think it was quite divisive there are a lot of people who found it far too easy and didn't like it as much as the first game they thought that it it didn't you know have that same engaging narrative to it but i've heard a lot of different opinions on it a lot of people really like it uh i want to play it eventually um but i think it's too contentious to win this category i think honestly because of the impact it has made this year and the franchise now being bigger in the west monster hunter world i think is actually going to win here even mm-hmm. though i wouldn't really classify it as an rpg it's an action game you know yeah. like it is 100 percent an action game and i don't know why it's put in this category what happened to um xenoblade chronicles 2 torna Ah, Bali. The the thing is, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, the base game, is allowed to be nominated. Right, yeah. That game, because it came out in December, is available to be nominated. And I know that there were certain publications who did nominate it, but clearly not enough of them did for it to get onto this list, which is a crying shame, because I think that game actually is better than all the games on this list. Uh, So... So yeah, that's that's a tough one, but but I think Monster Hunter World is going to win this as much as I don't think it fits in this category at all. Yeah, I, I mean, I actually think Octopath might have a little chance. I think there yeah. were a lot of people who liked it. It didn't get like glorious reviews, but those that liked it liked it a lot. But yeah, and I but... wonder if the people voting will look at this list and be like, "Well, Monster Hunter isn't really an RPG. Let's choose the actual RPGs on this list as opposed to that game." I'm sure for some reviewers critics um pa- voting panel they will take that view it's just about how many i guess and it's impossible to say uh yeah. 
But yeah, I guess if it is like, what's the best of these games that did the best this year? And what we think is about Monster Hunter is probably going to get it. But I guess Octopath Traveler is the dark horse. Yeah, definitely. Um, then we have best ongoing game. So we have Destiny 2, Fortnite, No Man's Sky, Overwatch, and Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege. I mean, Fortnite's going to win, isn't it? You know, like, I mean, it is, it is it the story of this year. For outstanding development of ongoing content that evolves the player experience over time. And honestly, I think Fortnite has fucking well. killed that. Like, you yeah. look at all the crazy event shit that they do with like everyone being on that one server when like the rocket was exploding or some shit and then they had this giant cube thing yeah. the way they uh, lay out the seasons the battle passes it was like an internet event right the whole like ev- all the crossovers the thanos crossover from infinity war yeah. like, Fortnite, uh, epic have actually fucking killed it when it comes to ongoing yeah. content um and i think it is the game of this year even though it came out last year it has embodied 2018 more than any other game and i yeah. don't think there's any competition it is going to win this award has um, overwatch done much to evolve content i mean you know overwatch is one of those things that just continues to do what it does well uh, which is put out new characters put out new maps uh, do the seasonal events um, and just just keep trucking and, and be a good experience that keeps updating they constantly change characters to adapt them to the the meta and and make it just still something that i keep wanting to go back to so it's not been revolutionary but it, it's kept doing what it does well uh, and i keep playing it so but but uh, in terms of these games fortnite is the one that i don't think can be beaten so yeah that, i i yeah. agree i think your reasoning is good i think it's got very strong chance of winning this yeah um then we have best game direction which this in the past has really been like uh here are the game of the year nominees again uh, and this one isn't quite that <laughs> and i yeah i don't know what i think this is more looking at it from do Innovation. we have some or, or we have like some visionary who is behind it because we have yeah. a way out that is nominated obviously joseph farris um detroit become human which i'd argue about david cage but it's another matter um god of war marvel spider-man and red dead redemption 2 which are obviously like the three big game of the year nominees um this one i think actually red dead 2 might win this one um and i think it's because of the boldness of it uh in its design and direction and and the density of it uh that is going to get the props for because i think a lot of these games do stuff well um but i think red dead 2 is the one that people will will reward for i don't know vision i guess um for for its realism its vision of going for realism and carrying it out yeah yeah right i mean i uh, a way out arguably doesn't stick the landing quite on what it was going no. for as much as i loved that game it's a very um, cheesy game that we yeah. enjoyed a whole bunch yeah uh, and i'd love joseph harris to go off and get an award for yeah it because <laughs> that, that would be that great would just complete the circle exactly um i guess the way that you're, that you're looking at it for that vision of what they're going for i guess it does have to go to red dead redemption 2 but again this might be one of those categories where it might be the second place for Game of the Year. So if Red right. Dead did get Game like, of the Year... Like, does God of War win one, then Marvel yeah, Spider-Man maybe wins a way one, out Red could Dead. even sneak it, just because it's not I, one of those mm. big three and it's better than Detroit Become Human. I Yeah, I don't. I really don't think a way out has a I chance in hell. <laughs> I, I, I would really love don't. it. I'd love it to it. But yeah, I guess yeah. I'd, I'd bet that Red Dead would win this. That's what I'm going to go yeah. for. Okay. 
Uh, then we have Best Narrative, uh, and the nominees are Detroit Become Human, God of War, Life is Strange 2 Episode 1, Marvel Spider-Man, and Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, I I feel like this is actually... Yeah, I actually feel like Spider-Man is is a shoe-in here. I think Life is Strange 2 actually will probably challenge it the most. Um, Oh, right. I, I think I've heard a lot of people be very, very effusive with their praise about that game. Um, and I do want to get to that eventually. I've traditionally just watched people play Life is Strange on YouTube, but I would like to play the actual game Life is Strange to myself. Uh, and I really enjoyed um, Captain Spirit, I think. I kept, I kept calling it Captain Sparkles, and I was like, that's not the correct name. Um, the Adventure of Captain Spirit, which was kind of like free demo thing they put out uh, before Life is Strange 2 came out, and thought that was excellent, like really, really good. So that could give a shot. But again, this is one of those categories where we have the same nominees just popping up again and yeah. again. And I, I would say Spider-Man for me was the most impressed I had been in terms of surprise maybe because I didn't expect it to have a narrative that, that w- yeah. was that strong. And, and I think that's the attitude from a lot of the reviewers I've heard from and things. They were pleasantly surprised by how good that Marvel story is told. and Yeah, I think it's better than pretty much every Marvel movie, honestly. Yeah, I, I think I can pretty much agree. And I think it was very strong. I'm not all the way through Red Dead 2 yet. And um, I've, God of War was a very strong story and I've not yes. played the other two. But uh, yeah, I don't think this is... God of War, as for all that it's good at, I don't think the narrative is the best bit of that game, arguably. So... <sighs> Yeah, it's hard. I think that it does a lot of it's well. Like Joseph Anderson argument, like it does so many right. existing things well. And yes, it's hard to argue that one is better than the other. Perhaps. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd go for Spider Man. Great. Uh, then we have Best Art Direction, which is one that is always tough. Keep seeing the same that. games coming up again and again. Yeah. Well, it's, it's that uh, tough balance between like what's this thing that's very super high yeah. AAA budget. I uh, mean. Um, uh, a, a, uh, an award like art direction i'd love to just see more unusual smaller games yes. in there yes it feels a tad lazy i might argue just to include games like assassin's creed god of war red dead 2 perhaps but that's uh, just me yeah all for their own reasons i guess but yeah so you've said assassin's creed we have god of war and we have red dead we also have octopath traveler and return of the obra din which is a game i've been hearing a lot about mm. recently um and it's one that i want to check out but i i have seen the art style for it and it's pretty striking like it's it's this almost um i don't know it's, there's like a lot of dots and it's sepia. first person and it's very it's not really sepia i guess it's like it is black and white as well and and it's it's very interesting the way that it looks i don't think it's going to win i think honestly i would love for octopath traveler to win because i think mm. it is so creative and, and different um but i do think red dead is probably going to take it uh just considering the the spectacle of, of a lot of that game um yeah, so, it's it's done photorealism maybe better than any other game I can think of, arguably. Yeah. And like I, the way that dead deers like hang off your shoulder and the fur and the detail yeah. is just like Jesus Christ. It's it really <laughs> yeah. is insane how much work was put into that. Yeah. Um, but I would absolutely love for Octopath to win. And it's got a chance, I think, because it, it is the standout in terms I guess it was a turn of the Oberdin as well. Like they're both doing unusual things that aren't, you know photorealism yeah. um, they're more striking for that yeah. reason so yeah uh then we get to best multiplayer game uh we've got call of duty black ops 4 fortnite destiny 2 forsaken monster hunter world and um just to make you feel old sea of thieves came out this year that's a video game that happened this year 
uh, which I realized recently, and I was like, oh, God, how long has 2018 been? Because I, that feels like seven years ago that Sea of Thieves came out. But it's nominated here. I don't think that's going to uh, have any chance of winning. I, I feel like this is a toss-up between Fortnite and Monster Hunter World. And I feel like a lot of the press really got into Monster Hunter World. I feel like Monster Hunter World has a, a real shot here. I, didn't, I don't really understand Monster Hunter World and the, the multiplayer nature of that game. So like, I mean, you uh, just like band together with friends and like right. fight monsters together. So Okay, yeah. I mean, I... I I kind of it's kind of blanking in my mind like what everyone said about Monster Hunter was. I just know that Jason obviously from Giant Bomb absolutely mm-hmm. loved it. Uh yeah, Sea of Thieves was kind of a lukewarm reception. And yeah. I don't know, did much extra stuff is that extra stuff that they They announced about a bunch of stuff at E yeah. three, yeah. I don't know. I don't just, yeah. It feels pretty empty. I mean um, from what you've said, I guess Monster Hunter World has a very strong chance. Um yeah. are people liking this Call of Duty? Yeah. And I think the That's blackout my... mode as well is a yeah. big thing. But again, Fortnite, the story of this year, the multiplayer game of this year, I think a lot of people are going to just put Fortnite down. Um, which, you know, that's a thing. It's a thing. Uh, it's a thing. So. Uh, then we have best score slash music, uh, which is very interesting. So we mm. have Celeste, God of War, Marvel Spider-Man, Nino Kuni 2, Octopath Traveler and Red Dead There's Redemption. There's some really 2. strong soundtracks yes. in there. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I I actually think that they should have put the Messenger in here. The Messenger has oh, really? maybe my favorite soundtrack of the year. It is phenomenal. Uh, to snub it is a little bit unfortunate. Um, I th- oh god, this is so hard to to yeah. predict what's going to win this. I I wouldn't say Spider Man. Think... That's an unusual one, maybe. For this yeah yeah i mean it tune, has a great but it swell but yeah. it doesn't it's not memorable it's that same that swell throughout the entire game it doesn't feel right. like it it changes a whole no lot. yeah i think it's between celeste god of war and octopath yeah i think i think celeste actually this is where celeste gets its props probably um and it does have an incredible soundtrack and i think it is fantastic uh, i think that that is where this is going to go i would I'm be devastated if octopath came away from these awards with nothing and this yeah might, this might be the one where this could be i think it's between celeste and octopath honestly for this one mm. um, the two best parts of octo well, three but i don't know that battle system the music and then maybe the art style was maybe the third out of those three i don't even know like it's hard to to kind of weigh them up but yeah i think yeah. it's got a chance i think i i might actually say god of war for this category Hmm, I think okay. that um, I think that people are suckers for a good orchestra. Yeah, um, but maybe Celeste. Okay. Uh, then we have best audio design. So we have Call of Duty Black Ops Four, Forza Horizon Four, God of War, Marvel Spider Man, and Red Dead Redemption Two. Um, I I feel like Red Dead is going to win this. It's yeah. one of those things I've been paying attention to with my headphones on while I've been playing it, and it's There's pretty a incredible. lot of yeah. detail there is yeah. a kind of staggering amount of detail i do I think that... some of the axe throwing wielding stuff right. in god of war is incredibly impressive as well oh, it's very satisfying the for same sure. the same with the thwipping in spider-man yeah um but i think when you boil it down to like the detail of that red dead 2 um audio design it's probably going to win unless forza yes. horizon is really re- wowed people with engine noises, yeah i don't know it's a driving sure game a, a thing. you know we've heard engines a lot i don't know <laughs> it, it, it it's, it's unfortunate that games like that fall into categories <laughs> where it's like ah oh, it's a racing game whatever but 
it, that's what happens. Uh, it's the way it is. Uh, then we have best performance. Uh, so we have um, Connor from Detroit Become Human as Brian Deschamps, Christopher Judge as Kratos in God of War, uh, Melisanthi Mahut as Cassandra in Ass- Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Roger Clark as Arthur Morgan in Red Dead 2, and Yuri Lernthal as Peter Parker in ha- Marvel's Spider-Man. How is Spider-Man. MJ from Spider-Man not here? I've forgotten the actress voice. Laura Bailey. Laura Bailey. Laura Bailey. She should and be in th- here. I, I agree a lot because as someone who is a huge fan of Critical Role and hears Laura Bailey all oh, the goddamn time. Oh, she's in time, that, right, okay. Yes, and and I can recognize most of the voice actors from Critical Role when I hear them in video games now, which is very fun and weird. Um, I forgot that it was Laura Bailey, and that mm. is very, very impressive to be able to create a character and have a voice that is similar enough to her real voice but is different enough to where it embodies that character and that i lost that sense that it was her because a lot of times when i'm playing through games i know the critical role of voice actors it will kind of take me out of it because i can i can tell do it's you, them do you just think about ryan reynolds every time you see a pikachu now i mean yes clearly that that's the, the weird thing that happens <laughs> uh but I, I would say that, yeah, she has a, a very impressive performance there. But honestly, I think Yuri Lowenthal killed it as Peter Parker. Yeah. I think he's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there are so many really good performances this year, which is really, really hard to, to Christopher say. Christopher Judge as Kratos was great, but I actually, yes. like, there are characters in that game I enjoyed more and thought their voice acting was... It's hard to describe voice acting. I can't just say stronger because right. it's not stronger yeah. necessarily. But there are the characters like Mimir that maybe oh, aren't yes. major enough characters to include them. Or even Brock and Sindri, who I right. think are great. Um, so yeah, perhaps they were more exciting voice actors in yeah. a game like God of War. But uh, yeah, I, I, this list, I, I am liking Arthur Morgan a lot. Uh, some- honestly, I think Roger Clark is going to win it because... yeah things that happen later in that game and things okay. he has to do with his voice is astonishingly impressive uh, and i think that he is going to to win the award because he he really embodies that character in a way that is very 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 impressive um so i think he is going to win uh as much as i think you're alone Thor kills it as peter parker i think the scope and the depth of the performance that he gives is is on another level um yes so there you go. Yeah, I agree. Um, then we have games for impact, which is basically here's the um, uh, the liberal game that people like. Uh, so <laughs> it is. So we have eleven uh, eleven memories retold. Uh, Celeste, Florence, Life is Strange two, and the missing JJ Macfield. You're gonna have to remind memories. me on a few of these. What what they um, are? Uh, I, I'm not sure about eleven eleven memories retold. Okay. Um, missing is a game from Swery sixty five. It's very weird. It's this woman who like her body pieces get chopped up into pieces and you can like roll around as the head and stuff and you solve puzzles it's a very weird Ugh. game um it's 2d as well it's it's strange okay. uh i i think that this is between celeste and florence honestly florence is a mobile game that people are talking about a lot uh, at the start of this year that you can pay for it's not a free-to-play bullshit it's like a very short like one hour story game that i need to get to and i need to play um i think both celeste and florence are in the running i think celeste is probably going to win it honestly um just because the way that it handles uh anxiety and and the way that it, it you know the gameplay builds into um you know struggle and things like that i think it's just so exceptionally well done um and i think it is going to be the one that people vote for yeah i i, I mean i've not i don't know much about any of these games but i certainly support you on celeste 
Great. Uh, then we have Best Independent Game, which uh, Celeste again. We have Dead Cells, good games here. Into the Breach, Return of the Obra Dinn, and The Messenger. Strong category. Uh, I've played four of these games, and I think they are all... No, three of these games, sorry, and I think they are all fantastic. And, man, that's hard, but I think... I think... Oh, man, I think it's between Dead Cells and Celeste. And I think Dead Cells might win um, this one. Yeah, I mean, I've not played Dead Cells, and if people do prefer Dead Cells to Celeste, then so be it. But <laughs> I, yeah. I guess it might go... I, I'm, I think it will go to Celeste. I think that yeah. there's probably more agreement on that game over Dead Cells, but that is a quite a strong statement, I realise. Yes, definitely. We'll see. Um, then we have the best game playable on a dedicated mobile device, and we have Donut County, Florence, Fortnite... PUBG Mobile and Reigns Game of Thrones. What a weird fucking category. Mobile games are strange, but like this is such a like putting f- PUBG and Florence in the same category is such a weird thing to do. Uh but it's the way it is, I guess. Uh I think Fortnite wins everything, so Fortnite uh probably <laughs> is going to win this. Also because I think from what I've heard and people talk about the mobile version of Fortnite, it is a very impressive version of that game. And the fact that it works on a phone and runs well is is something to be lauded i think so so yeah I'm gonna yeah say fortnite gonna take it's it. the fortnite year even though it didn't yeah. come out this year but there we go um here's your category bal is the best vr game it's me. um uh we've got astrobot we've got beat saber firewall zero hour moss and tetris effect i this, didn't realize moss came out this year this must be yeah. the strongest vr maybe i'm only tuning into enough vr games now but this seems like an, an incredibly strong lineup compared to perhaps last year in terms of yeah definitely virtual reality yeah. and I guess it's got to be Astrobot. I know that there's yeah. been a lot of good things said about Beat Saber. We're kind of in that period where it's only just come out and I've not seen a ton of reviews yet for it. So Astrobot has like the head start in that sense, but I doubt it's going to be more impactful than that game. And it's got to be Astrobot. Although I hear amazing things about all the other three, Firewall, Moss and Tetris Effect. Like they all sound very strong experiences. Definitely. Uh, so I would agree. I would say Astrobot just because of what I've heard. Um, best fighting game we have Blast Blue Cross Tag Battle, Dragon Ball Fighters, or Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Uh, fucking <laughs> that name! <laughs> God damn it! Why? Uh, Soul Calibur Six and Street Fighter Five Arcade Edition. This is between Dragon Ball and Soul Calibur. Uh, it's a hard one because I think fighting game fans really like both these games. I think Dragon Ball is is the one that a lot of people have Smash dug Brothers into. So I'm going to say not make it. Is it come out too late? Well, it's a December game. That's the thing. Like right. Xenoblade Two is going to get screwed over because the, it's release timing. Um, so yeah, and I think Dragon Ball Fighters is going to win. If Smash Brothers had been nominated, it would win, obviously. But Dragon Ball Fighters. But I'm will say Smash Brothers win. get nominated next year, or is it just going to get forgotten about? No, they're going to forget about it. Oh, like they did Xenoblade. God. That's, that's the problem with December That's games bad. with this award system. Like so, uh, uh, best family game. Uh, this is the Nintendo category for Nintendo. Uh, we've got Mario Tennis Aces, Nintendo Labo. How is that? Okay, sure. <laughs> uh, Overcooked Two, Starlink Battle for Atlas, and Super Mario Party. This is a hard one because I, I think that there's. I think people really liked a- Aces. Actually, I they think did, but I felt like there was a sharp drop off after Aces. That's true, I but think... I think most of these games had a fairly sharp yeah. kind of. I don't know. People are very positive about Mario Party right now, and I think because of recency bias, they might lean more towards Mario Party than they. Starlink lean is a lot Aces. better than I thought it would be. 
Yeah, Especially... it is, but I, I I don't think it's going to win in best family game because I don't think yeah. it embodies family. I think it's hard to give to Overcooked two, perhaps. Right. I don't know. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. I, maybe maybe even Labo, Labo takes Labo? it. I don't know. This, it's this is as, weird. Yeah, because Labo is not one thing. There's like six different Labo or whatever. So I, I, you know what? Between... I'm going to say I want to say Labo wins as best really? family. I'm game. I'm going to go with yeah. Mario Tennis Aces. Okay. Um, yeah, I think it's either between Labo or Mario Party, but I'm, I'm going to say Labo. Um, then we have a bunch of bullshit esports categories that we're not going to do because <laughs> who cares? Uh, best debut indie game. So this is for a new studio that released its first game in 2018. We have Donut County, Florence, Moss, The Messenger, and Yoku's Island Express. This is a good category, I think. It's, it's, quite it's one that tight. recognizes a lot of lesser looked at games, which wouldn't get the opportunity to win other categories. Um, I think The Messenger is going to win. Uh, I think that it's one of those games out of these that got a lot of buzz and is probably one that a lot of people have played. Moss, I think, is at a disadvantage because of the VR nature. Yeah. Um, but Yoko's Island Express, I didn't hear that many people talking about it. A lot of people loved it. Donut County as well fits into that. Yeah, I, I say it's between Florence and the Messenger probably, but I'm going to vote. I'm going to say the Messenger is the one that wins. Yeah, I guess with what you say, the Messenger, I, it is difficult with a game like Moss because how are all these people voting in this meant to have played all these games? And like, what is the likelihood of most of them have even playing? played moss like it's yeah well i mean that's the thing hard. is like that's why they do it with publications because they have teams of people so they can oh, have that true. particular no, that's person a good way of speak to it. that experience yeah. so okay that makes sense yeah no so i guess that would give moss a bit more of a chance but i, yeah. I guess i'd side with the messenger but moss might be close second yeah okay great well that is all the regular categories then we have the final one which is game of the year um and we have six nominations i think previous years they've only had five but uh, this year we have assassin's creed odyssey celeste god of war marvel spider-man monster hunter world and red dead redemption 2 so this is pretty hard to predict because i think that if you were to be just looking at the us uk publications i actually think god of war would win that said with everyone else counted in there is more of a i wouldn't say generic but the consensus becomes a lot wider and i think that red dead has a a larger chance but i do think it's between those two games hmm. um for game of the year i was gonna say when you started talking about the consensus being wider i thought you were about to say gives spider-man more of a chance actually maybe um, yeah. i would probably side with spider-man over i think i agree i think other wars the favorite um, but I think if you are looking at that wider appeal to a wider audience, I think the Marvel Spider-Man probably has a stronger chance over Red mm. Dead too. But mm. separate to all that, it's so awesome that Celeste is on this list at yes. all. Yes, can we please just appreciate that, that Celeste yeah. is nominated for Game of the Year? Oh my god! Because goodness, you look at so the happy. budgets and the manpower put into all these games compared to Celeste, the the fact that an independent developer can get on this list with a game that is a 2d platformer which is a, which is a genre that's just so kind of overlooked in 2018 oh, yeah. it's unbelievable that a game like that has gotten on this list and as great as all these other games are especially a game like god of war it's hard to argue that it's doing things that are new it's doing thing it's doing existing things very well whereas celeste kind of revitalized a genre that 
I'm not saying it's on its knees or anything. That there's loads of great 2D platformers, yeah, but tons of them. But yeah, but it's 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 made mainstream a genre that is not talked about much, and in a similar way that a game like Meat Boy perhaps did. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. And that is great for the industry, and not just yes us Nintendo fanboys. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, can you imagine if Celeste won? I mean, the Game Awards Game of the Year. It's it's always got a chance. These, I think all these games have a chance. I think it would be a big, right. up, big upset if it did, but yeah. it's if justifiable. If I was a betting man and we could bet on the Game Awards, I would I would think I would put my money on God of War. I, I think I would. Because I think that there are enough detractors for Red Dead in terms of its critical reception um, that makes it so that God of War is more of a consensus like winning game so i'm gonna say god of war is i think prediction. god of i agree i think god of war ticks all the boxes when it comes to video game reviewers and what they're looking for and this sort of thing and as you said i think if they are looking wider and have you know what's the more mainstream appeal game yeah. i do think spider-man's got a better chance than red dead so that'd be my hmm. dark horse okay well, there you go. Those are all the uh, nominees. Um, discounting all the eShop. E- Why do I keep saying eShop instead of eSports? Uh, the eSports <laughs> shit yeah. that we don't care about. Sure. Uh, so, that, yeah, those are what we think of those. Uh, unfortunately, the Nintendo's biggest game of the year just doesn't get nominated because it's out at the wrong time. Uh, so, no Smash Brothers. I guess won. the biggest selling game of the year is probably going to be Pokemon, though, and that's not nowhere right? to be yeah, seen, po- Pokemon even was, in family. Uh, it's well it, it came out too late as well oh, like, fair the deadline yeah. for uh, nominating these games is like start of november i think so they just didn't have enough time yeah. uh, whereas last year in. nintendo got mario odyssey out early and yes obviously yeah, it was Breath october of the wild was launched right. so they got their big guns in yeah. in there in the mix very true very true um but but anyway that is gonna be happening on december 6th uh look forward to it hopefully some fun announcements will be made uh and uh i don't know nintendo could surprise us uh it's always kind of back and forth on the game awards about you know how big it's going to be in terms of reveals but i think with no psx this year it feels like maybe there's gonna be some some room for the game awards to show off some more impressive stuff overall so so yeah um well anyway that is going to close us out for the show uh, so thanks everyone for listening uh, speaking of game of the year let's talk about what we're going to be doing for our game of the year plans bally do you want to walk us through what we're going to yeah. be doing i mean uh, there's not going to be much change from last year so it's you know the two crucial pillars it's next time the final two shows of the year uh, and we should say that this show that we're recording right now is going to come out on monday the 26th of november and then our first game of the year special is going to come out on monday the 10th of december and then our final game of the year special part two or maybe part three if you want to define it that way which i'll get to is um the 24th of december christmas eve so our final two shows of the year on the 10th of december and 24th of december are game of the year specials the 10th of december will be our top 10 games of the year that we played this year that didn't come out this year so that's our own personal lists we do this every year if you're new to the show i'm just explaining it explaining it to you now uh, and that's you know it's a fun list to put together and that's cross-platform that's all games that we've played this year that didn't come out this year on the 10th of december 
And then the 24th of December, it is our top five games of the year that came out this year. And that is Nintendo platforms only. And that is a combined list where myself and MBZ, we negotiate, we discuss, we we look back on all our favorite games on Nintendo platforms from this year. And we, you know, we put together a list of five. And yeah, we had a good time doing it the last, I think we've done it four years in a row now. Last year was very strong. The last this year, year was very strong. not as strong, but I still think that there's a lot of interesting games to, to talk about, right. for sure. And as mentioned in just those Game Awards nominees, there has been a lot of games coming out this year on non-Tendo systems, non-Nintendo systems, I should say. And, you know, we thought, I've bought a PS4 this year and we've played a lot of those games. There's a lot of very strong games in that category of games that came out this year that aren't on Nintendo systems. And we want to give those a, them a discussion, a place to do that. So we've decided that, and for those on, who support us on Patreon, you will already be aware of our show TNL Ranks. And we are due out with a show of TNL Ranks in December. And we've decided that that's a good time and space to have our top five games of the year uh, on non-Tendo systems. So any games that came out this year on non-Nintendo systems, we will be doing a combined top five, which of course is unusual for TNL ranks. Normally it's a personal top five. So we're going to do a combined top five uh, in the month of December. And that's going to come out on the Monday between those two episodes. So it's going to come out on Monday, the 17th of December. And for those who are interested, it's only $2 to get access to that episode. Um, all other pa- patrons, you will already have access to that episode. So yeah, it's, it's a, we're introducing a third pillar for a bit of discussion on um, non-Tendo games that came out this year that often we overlook on the show just because of the nature of the, what we want to cover. Yes, and as a Nintendo podcast, we have to have a third pillar because that's what Nintendo did right. back in the day with the DS, so it must be done. Uh, yeah, uh, so that will be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to it and then talking about all the different things. Uh, yes, and we also uh, obviously have been talking to you a lot about iTunes reviews and if you can go there and give us a review. Uh, and we did get some reviews, so Bali, do you want to take Yeah, just following on from what I was saying about um, that third pillar and covering games that aren't nintendo games but came out this year we had we had someone who wasn't too happy about this so i'll read this review and then we can have a quick quick discussion but sure um this chap said i won't name them because it's quite negative but they say i don't want to be one of those people who think the show should only be about nintendo but at least before bally got a ps4 i could count on at least one nintendo game per episode I have been a subscriber since episode 40, but had to unsubscribe today. The show is going in a direction that I don't much care for. I would recommend it for anyone wanting to hear about Steam, PS4, and Nintendo. But if you're looking for just the latter, I would skip it. So, yeah, we're we're open to comments and criticism Uh wherever they come from. Two-star reviews like that you can do if you want to. Yeah, absolutely, (laughs) if you agree with this gentleman here. Um, And I think it it is fair to say that, yes... I think the nature of the show has maybe evolved and changed and I obviously have bought a PS4 this year and have been playing a lot of PS4 games and just recently bought PSVR and I think that previously the show perhaps I was and this was mainly in the era of the Wii U I would argue where 
the Wii U had a stellar virtual console lineup and there were a lot of classic games that both myself and MBZ hadn't played and we did a lot of playing of those games and perhaps especially more so on my side where MBZ might have played more Steam PS4 games to talk about in the show. Mm-hmm. There always might, might always be the, the counterbalance that Bally would always, you know, play something on the Nintendo system because those were the only consoles I owned. So I I think it's, it is fair to say that the show has evolved and that but i think there's a cooling off period with that right because i think that you know you have ps4 now but i think it's more you're like in the afterglow almost of it um i think that you know it will will rotate back around more and and be more nintendo focused and i think think also 2018 as a year for nintendo first party specifically has been pretty weak um and so it's been supported by a lot of independent stuff and a lot of like third party re-releases which like I'm not going to spend 40, 50 quid on a Diablo 3 thing, you know, when, you know, that I can get access to that somewhere else. And I know a lot of other Nintendo podcasts will cover stuff like that, but I just don't see the point, you know, when it comes to those types of re-releases. Um, but, you know, it's it's something yeah. that we can evolve with and change. So. I mean, like, Nintendo is still our bread and butter. It is still what we are playing the most. I appreciate this yeah. year I've probably played more other systems than Nintendo's. Well, it's hard to say. It's probably not. Tight. Probably, probably quite not. Tight. I think In it's just number of games. wise Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we'll get to that with Game of the Year. But, yeah, just to say... It swings in roundabouts. I think what the nature of what we play and what we talk about in the show will keep changing and evolving. And certainly in the five years we've done this podcast, it has done tremendously. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I guess that leads into another review from someone who is a bit more positive on the show, which is nice. Who to likes hear. the show? <laughs> yeah. So this is from Scotty G seven one three, who says this is absolutely my favorite podcast. Listening to MBZ and Bally talk about games makes me feel like I'm listening in on a conversation with two friends that I've had for years. They both have a passion for the games they play and there's plenty of humor in their conversations too. I never leave their podcast without having had a few laughs and a huge smile on my face. PS, sometimes they toss in a big, uh, I think I should say a big dose of star wars talk for free so yeah we we do like to throw in the star wars specials Mm -hmm. for free as um this reviewer says so yeah just a couple of reviews if you'd like to leave a review at the end of the year we it would be the perfect christmas present from for myself and mbz if you've been wondering you know it's coming up to christmas what should i get Bally and mbz put your money away we don't want it we want what we want are the itunes reviews yes yeah we would We'd really appreciate any more reviews. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much for those. Uh, so we talk about Patreon, MBZ. I yes, mentioned it absolutely. Before. We so want y- to thank all our patrons for supporting us, of course, but we do have some special patrons who we're going to shout out. Yes, thank you to our top tier patron. That is the sponsorship level and above. That is, of course, Daniel V. Thank you so much for your support. And thank you to our two $10 tier patrons. They are my girlfriend, Caroline, and also Atari Alex. Thank you for your $10 support. And yeah, as I said before, we've we've just done an episode of TNL Takes for November, and we talked all about Scotland. So that's all episodes you can download. I think we're up to 12 now. That's for $5. Mm-hmm. You can get all 12. And as I mentioned, we're going to do our Nintendo top five games of the year. That's coming in December, and that's available to all two dollar tier patrons uh, and yes. above. So yeah, for two dollars, you'll get all you'll get access to all seven episodes by that point of TNL ranks. Uh, Fantastic. I think I said, think I said that right. Uh, yeah, yeah. M- MBZ. Anything else we want to cover? 
Uh, no, so you can find the show in lots of places. You can find us, obviously, on Twitter. The show is at TNL Podcast on Twitter. You can find me at Lord NBZ there. Where can people find you, Bally? Find me on Twitter at Ballyman91. That's B A L Y M A N 91. Uh, we're also on Discord. Jump in there. Link in the description, but also link through Twitter. Uh, I, we also mm-hmm. need to mention more, perhaps. Email in your best games of the year. We want games yes. you played this year that didn't come out this year that aren't on nintendo systems that are on nintendo systems we want it all just give us your yeah, list just send her your lists of all the video games you played this year your right. top tens your whatever ten, however you five, want to send it to us top 100 yeah if you have a top 100 will... you need to slow down but um, no, yes please yeah. <laughs> uh but yes uh, send those to us and we'll we'll bring some of those up on the show uh for the last couple of shows of the year um yeah i should say the email address is this nintendo life at gmail.com that is this nintendo life at gmail.com send them in we want them please do uh all right well i think that is going to close us out um very very excited for the end of this year and all the things that we're going to be doing um but yes that's going to be us for the moment uh on to the next back. five years yes on to the next five years uh celebrating five we'll do five more uh so thanks for sticking with us everyone and hopefully you'll stick with us uh for some time to come uh so we will see you in a couple of weeks time with some more this nintendo life Goodbye, everyone. musical interlude used on today's show was Titans from Titan Souls, copyright Acid Nerve 2015.